Welcome to Bloody Marys, a queer horror movie podcast. This episode, we'll be discussing Sleepaway Camp. I'm your cunting daughter, Sean. And I'm your mother who sucks cocks in hell, Alex. We are horror nerds and flatmates from Hackney. Um, our pronouns are they, them. As some content notes for this episode, uh, we're reviewing a f- fairly transphobic film, uh, so be wary of transphobia. Uh, also, some sexual violence, uh, blood and gore, and also huge spoilers in this. You definitely need to watch the film if you want to see it before we talk about it, because we'll be spoiling it from the very beginning, pretty much. So discretion is advised. Sleepaway Camp uh, was released in 1983, uh, the same year as the more popular camp murder film, uh, Friday the 13th. Um, it was released in November of that year um, on 85 screens in and around New York. Um, in that weekend, it was a top-grossing movie, killing its horror competition, Amityville 3D, and even outdoing Barbara Streisand's uh, directorial debut, Yentl. Oh, wow. Uh, you love Yentl. Well, I do love Yentl. It's <laughs> a bit of a shock. <laughs> Objectively better representation. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Two kind of transy films released at the same time. So the writing director, weirdly directed, uh, sorry, dedicated the movie to his mother. Um, it's his only directorial credit, um, aside from his return uh, to Return to Superboy Camp. Um, although he did write Superboy Camp for and two other random films called Nightmare Vacation 2 and 3. Uh, <laughs> all, all, all the similar ilk. <laughs> yes. um, so the film became, as I said, an unexpected hit, and also something of a cult favourite for horror movie buffs, and it made 30 times more what it was uh, spent to make it. This was Mel, who's the creepy count- counsellor's final film. Uh, he was sick all the way through the production, which I think you can kind of tell because he's like, really raspy and... I'll be there. Sick with what? Oh, well, lung cancer. Oh. Um, and he died uh, three months before the film actually got released. Um, probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to see this beautiful piece of work. <laughs> um, Felissa Rose, who plays Angela, um, was only 13 at the time of filming. And she didn't want... Oh, sorry. Her mother didn't want her to be seen in the movie, uh, the murdering scenes, So, she, as you might have noticed. But also, I wondered while I was watching at this time whether that's just, like, part of the plot is you don't know who it's meant to be. Um, but they also did use a male actor's hands for all the murders. Um, so that was to, yeah, throw people off. So because, obviously, Angela was only 13 at the time, the the... The climactic scene, which is basically the biggest spoiler of the film, um, where she appears naked, uh, was actually a mask of her face um, on an older college student who was local, who did it, and he actually was there. Yeah, he shaved his whole body to do the part, and also, well, not his pubes, actually, he's still no. his pubes, <laughs> um, and uh, was incredibly drunk, apparently, filming that bit of the film. <laughs> Felissa, who played Angela, um, actually was invited back to do two and three, uh, Superboy Camp two and three, uh, but she'd actually applied to go to Tish, and they said that they wouldn't hold her place, and so, actually, she was replaced uh, by... Uh, Pamela Springsteen, who is uh, Bruce Springsteen's younger sister. 
Apparently in those films, actually, she um, resurfaces at a nearby summer camp, but this time masquerading as a counsellor after a sex change that made her entirely female. That was in um, bunny quotes, by the way, you can see that. (laughs) After that, though, uh, she went on to have quite a prolific B-movie horror career um, to the present day. Um, This is Bruce Springsteen's sister. No, sorry. Uh, Felissa. I was going to say Felicia. Yeah, <laughs> Felicia. Um, and actually, I thought this would be of interest to you. Uh, she has a movie coming up uh, with the wrestler Bret Hart um, yes. called <laughs> Demented 2, The Beginning. Um, uh, the sequel to Demented, uh, which they were both in apparently. Oh, really? Well, so. I've never heard of it. Um, I uh, do like Bret Hart, though. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, some of her more hilarious movie credits that I wanted to read out because they're so funny are. Uh, Ugly Sweater Party. These are all horrors. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> My Uncle John is a zombie. Um, aliens versus A-holes. Um, <laughs> Breath of Hate. Uh, <laughs> big Freaking Rat. Uh, <laughs> Grandma's Secret Recipe. And... <laughs> And my girlfriend, the serial killer. <laughs> you you may know all of these from the Oscar nomination. Uh. Um, weirdly, she actually does reprise uh, her role, but you know, it's another reveal uh, for Return to Sleepaway Camp in two thousand and eight, where she actually dresses as a male sheriff. Uh, wearing a fake beard and oversized police uniform, uh, an artificial voice box that is, is supposedly due to having a throat cancer. Um, I saw a clip of it and she looks like a drag king who's about to do some sort of sexy police reveal. Um, and the box, weirdly, the voice box, all the kids laugh at. Um, so oh, wow. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird inside out transphobic ableist strangeness. <laughs> yeah, and also there's no such thing as a, select, a, a, selexi, a sexy policeman. There, yes, a cab. A cab. <laughs> Jane Krakowski from Thirsty Rock, Kimmy Schmidt, and uh, recently uh, RuPaul Guest Judge uh, was originally cast to play Judy, um, but dropped out before the filming because she. It's Judy the Dick. Yeah, Judy's the slutty <clears throat> with, dick. With the, with the side <laughs> ponytail. Yeah, yeah she's the wabs. <laughs> But she dropped out because she felt her character's death scene with the curling iron was too violent. Um, the shot of dead Judy was actually cut by the MPAA for being too grisly. So God only knows what that would have looked yeah. like. Thank God. <laughs> That's not there. Um, basically, there's also been rumoured reboots of uh, Superboy Camp going around since 2013. They but can't. No, but yeah, they absolutely that's can't make that's, this. Yeah, like, the director said it's unlikely due to being deemed transphobic. Deemed. Well, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, we've deemed this transphobic. <laughs> that's on us. <laughs> the movie starts uh, with a shot around of what looks like a sort of camp um, with some really over-the-top dramatic sort of scary movie music. Um, and it goes on for a while. And then you cut to a big lake where some, like a little boy and a little girl and a dad are on a boat, uh, just lolling around, having a lovely time. Um, and also on that same lake um, is... Uh, <laughs> I forgot about this woman, actually. <laughs> um, is um, is uh, two, a boy and a girl in a, a boat. Um, and a girl being dragged behind us. A some historical, historical girl, girl who's having the worst day of her life. Yeah, like on jet skis. Like, what's it called? Jet skis? They, no, they're just water skis. I don't yeah. know what the difference is. Jet skis are a motorised thing, I think. Anyway, 
So yeah, so when water skates, like skates. Um, <laughs> I just uh, just water skate. I just water skate. And she's like crying and screaming and like having a horrible time. And then the people in the boat are like, lol, let's go faster. <laughs> um, and the guy and the girl swap places. Um, and then at this point, um, the we cut to the family and they've capsized the boat and they're having a little lol about it. Um, a man from the shore, I don't know who he is, but um, another hot Yet. daddy <clears throat> type from the shore is uh, beckoning to them, being like, you must come in from the lake, someone is coming. Um, I think it's actually the aunt that they talk about that she ends up going to. Um, and Ricky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, that's only just occurred to me. Um, and, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> And then, um, and then, yeah, they cut back to the, the water skiing boat and the girls sort of out of control. The screaming girls being like, there's a boat, there's a boat. <laughs> and then they realize too late and, uh, the boat goes over the, the kiddies and the daddy. Um, and, and kills of, one of the kids. Kills one of the kids. And you don't see dad. which one. Mm. Um, and the dad seemed like, yeah, floating face down. And the screaming water, <laughs> water skiing woman is still screaming. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she makes every use of her minutes in that film <laughs> by overacting <laughs> quite hysterically. Yeah. Um, so then uh, there's a scene, of, it just cuts to a scene of a sort of nice looking suburban house and eight years later it's written beneath it and then we cut into the house where we meet a very strange woman. <laughs> very strange. She um, She's definitely the campest... Uh, character of the film, yes. and she also is uh, queen of overreacting yeah. <laughs> and overacting. It's just like weirdly robotic, but also like hysterical or something. Like it's really like really weird to place what she's trying to do. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I've I've written your uh, your Physical. your physicals. Wasn't that nice of me? Yes, <laughs> um, and yeah, makes a big deal about the physicals and say, "Don't tell anyone where you got these from." Oh, um, yeah. the first uh, hint, but I guess you wouldn't pick up on it from that. No. Well, I didn't, and I knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, the and But she's very much like uh, that she kind of places Ricky, who's her son, and the other one is the surviving kid from the yeah. boat accident at the beginning. Very much paints Ricky as like uh, Angela's protect- protector. Like, make sure, you know, look after oh, her. Yeah, and she's very kind sure. of timid and anxious. And he's he's confident. He's been before. He's pretty cool. Yeah, that's funny because obviously they've been growing up in the same house. But yeah, obviously there's the weird robot aunt has been keeping her locked up until she was ready mm-hmm. to face the world. But uh, <laughs> did she know? <laughs> <laughs> she needed a bit more time making. <laughs> Not quite ready to mix with people yet. <laughs> Not good at socialising. <laughs> Doesn't quite understand it. Not very good at not murdering people. <laughs> not very good at not murderous revenge. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then uh, they're wearing the camp t-shirts and they head off on the bus and they arrive. Um, there's lots of screaming and shouting over all the children running off the bus getting ready. And you cut to like the kitchen crew who all look a bit like gross. who are all pedophiles, yeah, like literal pedophiles. Crew. Yeah, like uh, the main guy. I think his name's Artie. Um, says young fresh chickens. We call them baldies. Where I come from. Oh, yeah. It's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Is that allowed? 
it's just yeah. like and and the other ones like they're, they're they're too young to know what you want to do to them or something. It's yeah, gross. It's, it's really, really really gross. Bleak. Um, yeah, there's there's no nuance. About <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean th- there's no nuance in the film. No. <laughs> <laughs> Could you? It's (laughs) it's not subtle. No. Uh, So yeah, so they all go off into their cabins, um, and uh, Angela meets all the gals. Um, She's weirdly obsessed with uh, Judy um, when she arrives, and I think it's because everyone's so obsessed with Judy and their big wabs because all the boys are talking about it. Um, and Judy and Ricky knew each other from a previous camp oh yeah, or, so, or something yeah. and it's commented very early that Judy's breasts have uh, developed, developed. <laughs> yes um, so yeah they're like a main talking point to other film and <laughs> Judy and Judy's boobies <laughs> Jubies. Jubies. <laughs> Jubies. 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 Jubies boobies oobly jubby boobies um, so yeah, but, and also Angela just isn't speaking, just like doesn't speak at all. Even when Juby, um, is shouting, it's like, what are you looking at? And Angela's just staring like a maniac. Um. Also, um, Angela really reminds her that you get lots of shots of her just like kind of with her big doe eyes, like staring into someone's face and not responding. And at the beginning, she really reminded me of a young Amy Winehouse. <clears throat> like she's got that, she's very like kind of angelic. And beautiful. Yeah, she is. She's very pretty. Um, uh, so, yeah, what happens? They end up going... Oh, yeah, the first murder is about to occur because they end up going to the lunch hall. Um, it turns out that Angela hasn't eaten anything since they get, got there, but it's weird. The timeline, in terms of the film, jumps really suddenly and you don't know why. Mm. Like, um, And so apparently she hasn't eaten anything since she got there, but it seemed like they just arrived. Yeah, and then um, a bit later, then, he's like, you remember me, Angela? We met a week ago when we first arrived. It was like, like what? Day, yeah. <laughs> um, or even later the same day. Um, but yeah, so, um, so then the weird, like, super muscular... Uh, Sports guy, I guess he is. He's one of the counselors. Yeah, but uh, with his random. tiny shorts and his big bollocks. Yeah, his giant bulge. And <laughs> the, like... the 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 fashion on this film is brilliant. Yeah, uh, it's perhaps one thing that I can be completely un- <laughs> uncritical of. Is everyone looks iconic? And, uh, well, especially his lovely mum hair. Um, uh, yes, <laughs> I mean my lockdown hair is approaching <laughs> that exact look at the moment. <laughs> Hello, I am your mum. <laughs> I'd like to speak to the manager, please. <laughs> um, so he takes her back to the kitchen, um, to the pedo kitchen, um, and says. Uh, try and find us something to eat and then I think it's Artie as, who's the main grossy you said about the poor chickens um, uh, she says come back to the storeroom I've got something for you mm. um, and then he's looks like he's about to well he is gonna yeah he's like could you see anything you like I've got something you'll like, like and starts to like unzip his, his thing trousers which is ugh, it's like it's sort of weird that that was sort of allowed even I don't know like in in the 80s, that thing that people just ignored, like, paedophilia. I thought it was hilarious or acceptable as, like, a... I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't object it being used as a storyline element, but this is, like, a campy... I can't imagine this not being, like, a campy, silly film then. Yeah. And it seems... Yeah, it's... I mean, the, I guess the good part is that he gets his just desserts yes. very, very quickly. It's that you don't have to wait very long. Yeah. Because yeah. Ricky yeah. comes in. 
Um, and I think Ricky is probably the nicest character <clears throat> because yes. he like um, he's kind of like scrappy in a fun way compared to the other boys who are just like dickheads. Yeah, really um, fine, <clears throat> and he like has like unwavering support for Angela. Like is always looking out for her. Always has his kind of one of his eyes, yeah, kind of true. towards her. So yeah, he catches the the guy trying to flash Angela and like gets her out. I don't think he was just going to flash her. Well, yeah, (laughs) we'll never know. We Um, won't. But I mean, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then shortly afterwards, he's boiling like an enormous pot the size of a. a You could literally fit Angela in there. At least Angela before she's replaced with the big man at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's boiling a giant pot for uh, corn, I guess, because um, there's lots of corn there, um, which I thought was going to be the first weapon, actually, because I'd forgotten. Just, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought so, like a big sharpened corn. Yeah. Shaved <laughs> with <a> corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's actually the boiling pot of water, and like um, she basically pushes him into the pot, and then it falls all over him, and then he's scalded. Yeah. Um, the... Um... I, the the flaw that I spotted immediately with this, which I said when we just watched it, was um, he presumably sees her that yeah. she's done it because it looks like he turns around. He's like, "Hey, kids, stop pushing me! Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna skin you alive!" Blah blah blah. Yeah, and it feels like he sees her. Well, I guess also there's that, and because he doesn't die, we should say he just oh, gets yeah, very severely so, burned. And then, like, yeah, the other cook finds him and just stares at him, screaming on the floor for ages. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd just be like. I might just let the pedo just burn yeah. <laughs> before I get the after sun out. <laughs> yeah, his like, face is quite kind of gruesome. And then I uh, cut to like a doctor and him being wheeled away in bandages and the doctor being like, oh, he must be in so much pain. The worst <laughs> oh, yeah. pain ever. Yeah. Maybe unimaginable pain. Yeah. And then the guy who uh, that runs the camp is just like, what's the prognosis, blah, blah, blah. And then it, he goes again, he's just like, but so much, we must be in so much pain. No pain could even stop this much yeah. pain. Like, all right, Dr. Doom Gloom. And now I'm wondering whether that's the re- like, maybe the doctor's saying that so that you kind of think, oh, he can't speak because he's in so much pain. But I don't know. That's yeah. A stretch possibly, but but yeah, we don't see him again. He gets wheeled away, yeah, um, and to the uh, burns unit, to the burns unit, You'd yeah, popped in the lake <laughs> just <laughs> to cool down. down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, I was surprised by how, uh, considering the deaths in kind of on paper are quite graphic, like burning to death, tongs up the fanny, like that sort of thing. You don't see anything. But the aftermath is always the more kind of fun part of the death, like yeah, him with the burns, true, the bees, actually. the snake, like the yeah. the um, the actual deaths themselves. Although, well, that first one isn't the death. I, that must be because they didn't want to have the full. I don't know. I was going to say the full body in shots so that you could never figure out who it was meant to be. Um, but there must be a way around filming. But but I mean, like, like you didn't really see when the big pot tips over on him, you don't see him getting scalded. You just hear it and then you see the aftermath. Yeah, that's And with the bees, it's behind a door and she wasn't in the toilet when he died at that point. She was poking it through a window. (laughs) Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, So yeah, so then um, he gets wheeled away uh, and then the, the, the... Cuts a really long, weird scene where the boys are just playing baseball. For yeah, ages. and I thought at this point, even and we're not that far into the film, but yeah. I I thought at this point that they obviously don't have enough plot to fill the runtime of the film. 
because that scene is very extended and literally nothing happens. No. It doesn't advance the plot. It's not interesting. Um, and like, there's a few moments where there's a really long, drawn out dialogue of nothing that's quite repetitive that doesn't go anywhere. It's like, it's, it's basically game. it is a plotless film. I think like it's barely got a plot. Um, it's just weird because it like the the if you. If you heard what it was on paper, you'd think it sounded like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it does. There's the essence of a plot <laughs> hidden in there. But as it plays out, it doesn't seem... Oh, we didn't... There's a the bit where they're, like, fighting in the boys' room. and No, not fighting, and he's... Uh, that's uh, just before they go to play baseball. <clears> yeah, and, and the little... They kind of play a prank on this guy who's kind of bullied throughout. Yeah, as soon as Mozart, weirdly. Um, oh, maybe I'd bully him as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, where they, like... Uh, He's lying on the floor and they lift a towel off his face and he sits up and he's, he's puts his face in some kid's bum. Yeah, bum's there. Yeah, bum face. Bum face. Bum face um, mounts up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then they're, 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 they're the baseball scene and they're just running around playing baseball and swearing at each other. Um, and wearing It looks like a horrible camp. Everyone's yeah. so awful to each other. Nobody's yeah. having a nice time. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just being vile to each other. And yeah, like... Um, yeah, like there, but this is sort of the first time you see like uh, some of the boys wearing crop tops um, and tiny cut off denim jeans. It's just like yeah, I think it's the counselors that are wearing the the crop tops. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean the boys are all wearing those sort of silky tight shorts. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's uh, you kind of it's weird how like the outfits were so gay in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, it, it it basically <laughs> just looks like uh, like Dalston in twenty twenty, doesn't it? <laughs> Like, lots of, like, kind of, uh, like, Adidas. Lots of, like, tiny little shorts that are way too small for such big pendulous dicks. <laughs> kind of cool sports socks rolled up. Yeah, I just need to big... minus the actual sports. <laughs> yeah, big lockdown hair. Um... Surfing gay, sporty, coronavirus chic. <laughs> um... Yeah, so that scene is just there, and then um, and then we're at the disco, um, which I think they call a social actually in the film. And this is uh, Angela's, as always, sat. He's still not spoken at this still point. Still not spoken, just sat at the side by herself. Um, and then some of the guys see her, and they're like, "Oh my god, let's invite Angela to go swimming. That'd be hilarious." Um, and then like one of them is also trying to get her to go for a walk. Um, and then, yeah, she's not speaking at all, and then they're just sort of being like, Angela's a nutcase, ain't you a Looney Tune? Um, <laughs> oh, they call her Angelooney Tune. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. That is quite good. I will give them some credit for that. Original bullying material. Um, uh, but then, like, Paul... Is it Ricky bumps the like tells him to like go away? It's gonna say fuck off, which is a bit excessive. <laughs> well, it's it's not. There's a lot of effing and blinding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is Ricky. Ricky kind of sees it happening and like they have a bit of a scuffle. And then they all go. And then like Paul is now coming, and this is when he Who's comes. Who's Paul? Paul's the the love interest. Oh, the blonde Lovely one. Paul, yes. So you know who he really reminds me of? You know uh, the original Willy Wonka film. Oh, he looked yeah. like Charlie Bucket. <laughs> so yeah, Charlie Bucket slash Paul uh, decides to <laughs> Paulie side, Bucket up to Angela at this point. Um, oh, he he's so he's got such a disappointing trajectory because he starts off as a really sweet character. Yeah, I mean he doesn't really do anything that bad, but um, well, he 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 gets annoyed when she isn't consenting to like yeah. fondling and stuff. So I think we can say. He's, 
So yeah, he's like he sidles up and is like chatting to Angela, and um, he she's not speaking. But um, and this is where he says, "Oh, you remember me from a week ago?" And it's like, "What? <laughs> okay." Um, but he's just rabbiting on about all the naughty things that the, him and Ricky got up to the last time they were at camp, just like chatting in her face. So at this point, Judy is like. What's going on over there? Judy is always three seconds away whenever those two speak. That's true. Um, and just like She's really like the ghost jealous. of Christmas yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> Anything about me in this conversation? <laughs> um, and Angela wasn't speaking. I guess it's like standard male dynamic with a woman. Um, and uh, listening and nodding. Um, and, um, and then eventually uh, they have to go and uh, Paul gets up and says... Good night, Angela. And this is the first time she speaks. She says, Good night. And everyone's like, Oh, gooped. <laughs> and Paul is snatched. Paul. He says, Good night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then um, the boys were originally planning to go skinny dipping, uh, still there by the lake, planning to go skinny dipping and trying to get the girls to join in. Um, and they're like, No. And the boys are like, Come on, boys, let's go! And then they all just strip off and jump in the water. Um, yeah, and then, uh, oh yeah, and then the same. Except for the two that were being mean to Angela earlier. They're off having a doobie by the looks of it. Yeah, behind some kind of bleachers. Um, and they're just, just a classic doobie in the bleachers. bleachers. <laughs> um, and they have a plan to get one of the girls to go with them in a kayak out into the water, um, for nefarious reasons. Um, uh, and the nefarious reasons just turn out to be that they want to capsize the boat. And um, scare them about water snakes and snapping oh, yeah, turtles. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so that happens and, um, and the girl swims off, but the boy hangs around for some reason and goes under the kayak into the sort of upturned bit and starts just talking to himself. Um, yeah, that is weird. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just a device for what happens next. <laughs> yes. um, and then uh, a head bobs up. Uh, we don't know it's Angela at this point. But... Uh, Bob bobs up. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and he says something weird like, oh, the boys would be pleased to know you're here, which doesn't really mean anything. Um, and then uh, Bob, uh, <laughs> or Angela, um, <laughs> Then drowns him just by like holding him under the water. Yeah, um, which doesn't seem very likely given he's quite big and she's tiny. Well, she's to start with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she changes size. <laughs> um, so then it cuts to the next day, um, and um, yeah. So then they find uh, the boy. I don't know, it's the boy, the boy. <laughs> oh yeah. So one of the camp counselors is like angry that he's got to tidy up because of all oh, the mess yeah. that they left. And there's an upturned canoe, and then he lifts it up. And this is pretty cool, actually. He's the way it looks. His like kind comic. of face is a bit maggoty and like bloody and covered in seaweed. Seaweed, uh, and uh, then uh, like weeb. a little. <laughs> And then a little, like, water snake is, like, crawling out of his mouth. Crawls out of his mouth. That's pretty cool. I, I suppose they don't crawl. They slither. Yeah. Um, slithers out of the mouth. Yes. Um, then the, uh, so then the police arrive, um, and um, Mel, who's, like, I guess the boss of the camp, is, like, trying to cover it up and minimise it. Just being like, it's just a terrible accident. It was nobody's fault. Oh, my God. Whatever. He just pressed the floor. Yeah, he drowned. Yeah. But then one of the counsellors afterwards is like... I he was, he was a, a very good swimmer. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, 
And, uh, and so, yeah, so then they just kind of like, they just pretend to the, the other kids that people have just left. And so mm. he's the first one of this, these people. He, unfortunately, he has left uh, this mortal coil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this camp. <laughs> he was found with a snake in his mouth and he decides to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then it cuts to, um, yeah, the gals playing volleyball, is it? Yeah. Um, and Angela's sitting at the side, as normal, uh, normal queers do, not taking partaking in sport. <laughs> um, and Paul comes over and is like, hey, Angela, um, and invites her to movie night. Um, and she's like, isn't movie night mandatory anyway? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that line. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Judy is, oh, again, really jealous and is like, why doesn't she have to play sport? Why is she getting to talk to all the boys all day? Also, the the camp counsellor for the women looks so much older than everybody else. Like, she looks yeah. like a kind of, like, 40-year-old mum, and they, they're all, like, kind of pubescent. Yeah, it's, it's strange. I mean, I'm sure they're all, like, really random ages. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Um, and so they... Yeah, so then... Yeah, Judy's in a strop. And then it cuts to the social... Actually, it cuts to the end of movie night where they're leaving movie night oh, yeah. together. And they're holding... Like, Paul and Angela are holding hands at this point, which is like, this is moving very quickly. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Paul, well, I mean, saying that, we don't know what time. It's probably been yeah, six it's, months. It's, it's been five years. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually <Four> married. <laughs> Um, and, um, and Paul says, I want to show you something and takes her behind the, one of the huts and, uh, kisses her and she looks really like scandalized. Um, and, uh, then he kisses her again and... But she consents to the second one. So yeah, she, she I think she's just uneasy. She looks a bit like, you know, like startled, um... And, um, and, yeah, and then they say goodbye. Angela freaks out and, um... So cut to the next day, they're by the lake, uh, Paul and Angela sitting chatting, and Judy just pops up in like the weirdest, <laughs> like sexiest, like uh, swimming costume, like really high cut. It's like, well, if it isn't the lovebirds. <laughs> She's such a dick. <laughs> and Paul's like, get lost. And then Angela goes, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Nothing really happens after that. Then you cut to they're in they're back in the girls' room, and uh, Judy sees her opportunity to start picking on Angela, and is like, "Hey, Angela, how come you don't shower with everyone else? You queer or something?" Um, and Angela's doing her weird stony silent staring thing, and not speaking. Um, and oh, they think that um that she's ashamed that she hasn't gone through puberty yet. She's yeah, pubic hair. Yeah. Um, then she runs away to go and try and find Ricky, um, and, um, and at this point the naughty boys, the skinny dipping boys, uh, on the roof of one of the huts and throw a water balloon at I think it's just a wet sponge. Oh, I thought it was um, um, But either way, Angela falls down as if she's been shot yeah, with a cannonball. Like, she flops over and everyone's like screaming like a murder's <laughs> happened. Like, um, and yeah, Angela's like on the floor basically. Um, and Ricky comes up and Paul and they shout at the boys and it's like, you'll, you'll get, you'll be sorry or something. Um, and, uh, and then they just run away. Um, cut to the naughty skinny dip boys, uh, back in their hut. Cahut. Ah, oh, the cahut. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was like, 
I need a wicked dump. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, bleh. I'll catch up. I need a wicked dump. And I yeah. think he takes a porn magazine with him. Oh, yeah. um, Disgusting, shitty wanker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> I just need to go for a, an almighty uh, <laughs> shit wank. I need uh, to have every orifice leaking at this point. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so then, um, then you see someone putting like a broom through the handles of the, the toilet. Um, and then quickly scoot around to the back of the building. <laughs> that is a quick scoot. Uh, yeah. um, scoot. <laughs> um, and uh, hand cuts through with a knife. Obviously, Angela. Yeah, like um, the kind of fly guard the window fly guard thing. Window. <laughs> um, and he's like, "Hey guys, what are you doing? Stop messing around." Can a boy shit in peace around here? <laughs> um, and he's I don't like, know why I went all Brooklyn. Can a boy shit in peace around here? <laughs> shit a peace. <laughs> Need to shit a piece right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a wicked dump. <laughs> um, and uh, there's like a really, it sort of looks kind of precarious and silly, like a beehive on a stick being like angled through the hole. Also, a tiny beehive for the amount of bees. And no that bees end up. either. You just, yeah. <laughs> it, like you, you kind of just assume it's bees because of the, the noise, but there's, there's no bees yeah. <laughs> at this point. And then he starts screaming hysterically because all the bees are killing him. Um, but you only see the perspective of his feet poking under the door of the toilet. Yeah, you don't see him. He's wearing dying. some cool Adidas sneaks. Sneaks. And then they, yeah, then he's basically, it cuts to him like, this is, yeah, you're right. It's funny. You never actually see them dying, but you see the dead bodies. Yeah. So he, he ends up breaking through the door with the broom on and he kind yeah. of falls out and he lies on the floor and there's like bees coming out of like wounds on his arms yeah, and stuff and then all over his them. face. They must have had like a really good prosthetics person. Like, yeah, just like that was like one of the main things is actually the prosthetics were quite amazing for the deaths. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. So he's got like all these kind of like quite realistic, gruesome wounds and he's like all covered in bees. Um, and so, yeah. Um, again, um, he gets found and Mel covers it off to cut their boss of the camp and presents... Like, oh, another one left the camp! Yeah, it's not even talked about that much, that one. It's no. just like, oh, he just, he's gone. Uh, uh, so yeah, his death's been covered up. Um, and then we cut to Angela and Paul hanging out again, uh, being all flirty. And uh, they're, like, uh, being all silly and tripping each other. And then, like, he's like, I'm going to get you. Um, and then they fall in the sand together. Um, and um, yeah. they do loads of smooching. Um, and he starts trying to, like, grope her flat chest. Um, and she's just like, no, please, no. Um, and, um, and then at this point, we have a really surreal flashback moment. Um, oh, yeah. Where it just cuts to... Um, with no explanation, just suddenly it cuts to two men lying in bed, and that's the dad and um, the guy who was on the shore calling them in from the beginning of the film um, in bed in like a lover's embrace, like naked, but you just kind of gently tickling gently, each other's yeah, shoulders. Obviously, what gay sex looks like, <laughs> just caressing I mean, each other gently. I mean, I, we wouldn't know. Would we? <laughs> <laughs> it has been a while. Maybe that is. It. Um, <laughs> And um, and then like a surreal sort of like oh and and so the two men are in bed and then the two kids from oh, the beginning are like looking around going like <laughs> yeah and then it cuts to seeing the, the the two children pointing each other on a spinning bed in sort of black void and they keep kind of swapping places yeah so they? they're like pointing like swapping places pointing and the positions on the bed I um, think it's really interesting that this positions I mean she's obviously a a girl that is 
like kind of living through some sort of trauma. Yeah. But you was, you would assume that the trauma would be seeing her dad and sibling being killed in that accident. That's but actually it kind of focuses on the trauma of her seeing her that her dad was gay. A homosexual. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like not explored any further than that. Like you, you don't see any more about that. Um, and then, and then it, it, we go back to reality and she pushes uh, Paul off um, and runs away. Um, so yeah, so then um, they kind of break it off a little bit um, because she's obviously upset. Um, and, um, and then Judy arrives as always on prompts and say, Oh, what's happening? And uh, then there's some kind of like steeplechase or something. What's it called? Like fine... oh, flag, flag, uh, flag game. Um, uh, get the flag, flag. Flag, flaggy flag, flaggy flag, flag. <laughs> but that's when on. that's when Judy. Before that, Judy's like, um, oh, he told me that you're a prude, and the music's like really like. Dun, 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 as if it's like this huge kind of moment. Well, yeah, no, but that, before that, the reason that he get well, it's because they're making out, like, that she catches them making out. Oh, I thought that happened before they were No, no, oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, he catches them making out, and then it's when Paul's trying to apologise that, Ange- that Judy pops up again and it's like, he said you were a prude! <laughs> and then, yeah, it's a really dramatic da 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 da! And like, they both look like something horrible's happening. <laughs> the worst word on the planet. Yeah, we, ha- we, we had to rewind it to, to be like, what have we missed? And it was like, okay, prude. She the called word prude. prude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Paul then leaves, um, humiliated by the word prude, obviously. Um, and Judy's teasing Angela about never going in the water. Um, and to say, what's wrong with you? Why don't you go in the water? What's wrong with you? And then Meg, like, who's like the old, like an older camp counsellor, picks her up, uh, picks Angela up and throws her in the water. Um, at this point... Oh, and Ricky tries to go and, like, help her. Him. And it's strange because this is the first time you, well, maybe it's hints at, but I, I didn't catch it, that Mel, the the older guy who runs the camp, suspects Ricky of the murders. I think this is the first time you... So he catches uh, Ricky by the arm and is like, you, you can't save her. Because he's made the connection that it's the, it's the people that have wronged her so far. Yeah. Although he wouldn't necessarily know about the first boy no. or about the, the chef. To be fair, but th- that's what he says anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But maybe actually, does he think the chef? Yeah, because the chef didn't die. Anyway, whatever. Um, so, so yeah. So then he's like grabbing Ricky, being like, "I know what you did. You're naughty. Um, you can't save Angela because she needs to cut herself, and you can't murder everyone essentially. <laughs> <laughs> can't go around murdering willy nilly." Um, and so then he breaks free and uh, rescues Angela from the water. Um, I thought at this point there might be some kind of like wet, clinging clothes peen reveal. Oh, um, but, um, or like, you'd hear like one of the people going like, what's that? Or something. Like, um, but obviously she's got a quite tight tuck going on. Yeah, I, and also it it is gearing up for like a big reveal that's supposed to be a shock at the end. So there's yeah. not really any hint to the fact that she has a penis. Yeah, yeah. Until then. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, yeah, she just goes, she throws her into the water and then, well, yeah, she basically, she's really angry still at being put in the water. And Paul just trying to apologize still and be like, oh, yeah, still love me. Um, and so, and she's just like, has this really like dark look on her face. And she's like, meet me by the waterfront after the social. 
Um, and that's, yeah, so that's the last time you see those two actually speaking. But then, who dies now? Oh, um... Mel. Meg. Meg. Oh, yeah. There's a weird bit when, yeah, Meg's made a date with the horrible old So earlier, they had been flirty earlier on. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it still doesn't really... But he's really disgusting. Um, Obviously, months away from death as well. (laughs) (laughs) In real life. Um, And she's like a pretty young thing, and I don't know how old she's meant to be. Maybe that was like a a kind of, like a little kind of reward for the actor. (laughs) Just like, we know this is going to be your last film, so we're going to have you being (laughs) seduced by a beautiful young woman, (laughs) even though you're old enough to be a grandfather, and Disgusting. Uh, disgusting. <laughs> um, so she's like, I'm going to come around for dinner. And yeah, she doesn't come around. So she dinner. goes for, sh- so the, uh, there's a big queue for the showers in the girls' block. So she goes to the boys' block to use the shower. I think it's just an empty one that's oh, not it? been used that has showers. So she goes in there. And this is a pretty rubbish death, actually. The They're all pretty rubbish. Well, this um, is a, mm, anyway. Yeah, I mean, this is the only one where you see, like, blood and guts, to be fair. But, um, uh, yeah. so she's in the shower and she's just doing this tuneless yeah. singing, like, la, 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 looking all excited for a deeply inappropriate date. Granddaddy date. I'm going to get me some granddaddy. And then she's stabbed through the back, uh, through, I can't tell with the shower curtain or like a really thin wall divided Yeah, I did think it was a shower curtain, but then the shower curtain's patterned when you see it later. Yeah. It's, I think it's just like, it's almost as if the dividers are just kind of like canvassy or something. Yeah. <clears throat> um... But yeah, she and yeah, and she just kind of like sticks it in and like glides it down the kind of length of her spine, pretty much. And then like weirdly has a detail of like her bothering to rinse off the knife, even though it's like never brought up again. Yeah, and then turning off the, the shower, shower. Yeah, yeah. At this point, Angela's obviously on a rampage because uh, the deaths start getting ridiculous. Um, there's like for some reason a group of uh, younger boys in one of the ca- the councils go out for. a a night sleeping under the stars and some of the boys want to go back in the middle of the night and uh, so the counsellor leaves with some of the boys Um, but the other ones who are asleep are left and then you see someone sort of like uh, getting an axe Um, and you don't know this has happened but she ends up like killing all the little boys yeah like three or four kids this is where she lost me as a sympathetic character because the others were all kind of coming from a place of vengeance to people who'd been like dicks to her this, these were, and it wasn't just like innocent people. It was like these were Little. tiny kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is where it just felt a bit like was, there were better people to kill. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, it's just really random. I, I don't know why they even included that bit. I guess maybe just like maybe to make her not sympathetic. Actually, maybe to try and like make her like a monster rather yeah. than so just out for revenge. So then, oh yeah. So then it cuts to uh, like. Uh, Judy, um, who's brought a boy back to her hut uh, for a make-out sesh. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> she's been out with the boy and she's like, pulls away. She's like, really mean. She's like, why do you kiss so wet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can't even be nice to people that she's making out with. <laughs> she's such a dick. Um, and then... Judy Bo Booty. Banana Fana Bo Booty. Um, and, um, and they end up making out some more anyway. 
uh, Mel busts in looking for Meg, uh, who's late for the hot date, obviously, because she's dead. Um, and uh, <laughs> late R.I.P. Um, <laughs> um, and um, and then yeah, so then she's like, oh, I haven't seen her. She went to the shower next door. That's when. So the boy leaves because he's worried about getting caught. He was hiding under the bed yes. while, when Mel Mel came in. Yeah, and actually, in terms of the chronology of the next two deaths, I'm not sure. Is it Mel first or Judy? Um, because Mel goes next door to oh no no Mel's still alive so. So yeah, Mel goes next door and finds uh, Meg uh, dead, um, and is mumbling incoherently. And then is like, "I'm going to get him. I'm going to teach him a mm, lesson." Because he still thinks it's Ricky at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, then cut to a weird scene with the uh, the the Judy being alone on the bed. I hate this bit. I yeah, hate it's this. It's so weird. Um, and the door opens, and it's like a backlit person, but it's not like that unclear. Like it's so. It's they've basically put Ricky in drag. Yeah. And it's and it's to make you. Th- I, I don't know if in their minds they think that Ricky and Angela look similar. Yeah. I, I don't think they do. No. Um, <clears throat> but um. But yeah, it's obviously to make you think. Oh, so it is Ricky killing everyone, pretending to be Angela. I don't know what it's trying to do. Yeah. But I think so. I think it's trying to kind of prepare you for the reveal at the end, where they're starting to blur the lines between face and body and like trying to kind of distance herself from the very kind of like petite feminine body that we've seen before. Which is so strange because like everyone references um, Angela as being tiny in the film so she is just a tiny boy it's not like when she's murdering she becomes a giant man. Yeah. Um, But I guess that kind of like fits into like monstrous trans woman narrative. Yeah. um, but yeah it's, oh, it's, or like the kind of deceptive things like oh that's why she doesn't take her clothes off because when she does she's a massive fully grown man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an adult man yeah um, and so yeah Judy can't tell who it is and it's just like who is that and it's up until like she's literally like what, like five seconds from her face and she's like it's you what are you doing here uh, at which point uh, yeah so she so Judy had previously been curling her hair yeah. with some curling tongs um, and then she like Angela, so she punches her yeah Angela punches and knocks her out. Um, Puts a pillow over her face. Yeah, and then you only see a shadow of this, but you know what's happening. Basically, she puts the curling tongs up inside of her mm. um, and there's a sizzling noise that's pretty grotesque. Yeah. And, kind of, and you just see like a shadow of and, uh, Judy's hand hands, like reaching up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, that was the, the actual, her body was cut from like what it looked like. I wonder if there's any leaks. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I want to see. see. I think there would have been some leaks. <laughs> yeah. um, the, um, and then she hides the body under the bed. Yes. Uh, next stop on her murderous rampage. Oh no, this is the point where Mel catches up with Ricky um, and then just beats him. Yeah, um, beats him up. And uh, into a pulp. And, and it looks at this point, it, he could potentially be dead at this point, yeah. you don't know. Um, then they find... Oh! Is that when he's... Oh, yeah, so then he's <clears> like, yeah, Mel's running through the forest um, and comes across an archery area that you haven't seen before. Um, oh, and then he turns around and sees someone. He's like, oh, it can't be you. And like, cause he, and then yeah. he sees, obviously, he sees Angela holding the arrow, but we can't see it. Yeah, she's a, a suddenly expert in archery. Yeah. Um, and shoots him directly through the throat. <laughs> yeah. That's the only death that you really see in any... Oh, like where you true, literally see, like, it, like, yeah. But there's not a drop of blood to be seen. <clears throat> no, that's true. Uh, then it all gets a bit crazy because they, the one of the camp counselor calls about all the boys being murdered, and then they realise that there's just like a murder on the loose. Um, and um, yeah, so then it it cuts to um, 
they're more frantically running around trying to find all the people who are missing. And they find the bodies of the kids that she killed that were yeah, camping. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then at this point, there's the final surreal flashback. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, basically explaining the Angela origin story, um, which is that uh, when the aunt who we meet at the beginning, who's weird, ookie, pooky, spooky, um, like brings uh, Angela back. She's not actually Angela. She's her brother. Um, and she says, uh, I've always wanted a little girl and we've already got little boys, so you'll have to be a girl. And I bought you this lovely dress. Um, and yeah, so basically forces her to, to live as a girl. Um, and, um, and yeah, so then it cuts back. It's just weird how it's all like compacted into the last like five minutes, all this like random story. Mm. Um, and then, um, and then you see the camp counselors like, uh, seeing Angela and Paul. It looks like Paul's just being like nursed or nestled into her. So this is because of the earlier when she'd said that they needed to meet at the waterfront. Yes. This is them having this met them now after she's got to the climax of her murderous spree. Oh, I forget. Just before that as well, she's like, she does meet her, like, Paul, and they do speak. It's just like, she's like, yes, let's go swimming. Take off all your clothes. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, wee hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is obviously why she's naked. Um, so then, so then, um, yeah, you see her, like, uh, holding Paul's head, and what you don't realise is that she's actually cut Paul's head off. Um, and then she stands up and reveals her naked body, uh, and also peen. Um, and the camp counsellor sees it and it's like, Oh my god, she's a boy! Um, and she's just got this, like, static like very kind of fixed scream face, face, and making this weird kind of animal noise. Yeah. Like, um, and it just like keeps panning like into the face and then onto the body mm. and into the face um, until the end of the movie where it just freeze frames on her screaming face and then the credits roll. Yeah. So, yeah. Weird. Very, very weird. So in terms of representation, this is not a, a, a prime example of how to uh, well represent people from marginalised uh, communities. No. Um, but we'll start with uh, people of colour, given that there are so few of them. Yeah. And basically the only people of colour are the uh, kind of secondary kitchen staff and the cleaners. Yes, um, so I think there's like maybe three or four of them who you see who are kind of hanging out with the pedo at the beginning. Yes. And then helping clear up after uh, the death of the pedo chef. Yes, um, that's right. And then you pretty much don't see them again. You might see the guy who steps up to be the chef again briefly, but he is not... The main uh, character yeah. at all. So essentially it's a very poor representation because Absolutely. there's loads of kids. Um, no there's no kids. reason why they're all white. Yeah. And uh, the the only people of colour are kind of like... like kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in kind of like service roles yeah um i think that's all of it the, <clears throat> yeah representation of the women <laughs> um yeah i mean I, I mean it's arguable that uh, it's just a film full of dicks <laughs> like oh my god that should be the tagline <laughs> <laughs> um like most of the girls are horrible um the the camp 
the, uh, the, the counsellor woman who looks, who's got the face of an elderly woman. Oh, yeah. She is nice, but ultimately useless. And she, when she does intervene to defend Angela, it's always a little bit too late. Yeah. Like, she's, she's always present for things happening, and then eventually she'll intervene. And she seems a little bit kind of ineffective and useless. Yeah, especially, uh, yeah, especially given that the the male counsellors are like seem pretty on it. Like they seem more proactive than than Mel, who runs the whole camp. Like they are the ones. They seem a bit more nurturing yeah, towards I was the kids. Thinking, I wonder if well, actually, no, they're all off. I was going to say, I wonder if the girls are more vicious to each other than the boys are. But I think the boys are awful as well. Um, yeah, so she's that Stephen Mozart gets a knife out and starts running around trying to kill him. Oh, yeah. Him. Yeah, because <laughs> he got Stop some... Stop that, you naughty Because he got boy. some shaving foam on his face. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it kind of, like, really also, like, really plays on the kind of difference between the kind of, like, banter, in inverted commas, yeah. of how, like, girls and boys do it. Because the boys are very much like, ha ha, I'm gonna punch you and have a fight and the girls are just like I'm going to destroy your life <laughs> yeah exactly. like, um, yeah and usually ever a boy or to do with a boy yeah um, um, yeah like none of the girls are particularly nice to each other um, no there's no no nice. one's really warm or kind to Angela apart from Ricky really and Paul except for when he well, takes it too far yeah. yeah I think he's discounted and, and he the, wants and, the silent D <laughs> he did <laughs> and one of the um uh, the the main male camp counselor with the mum hair and the ridiculous pecs. Oh, yeah. Um, he uh, he's he's quite nice to Angela. Yeah, um, when as well, he's sort of Lewis like get some food. Oops, it's paedophile dick time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just I'll just leave you in this very small pantry with uh, with a known sex offender. <laughs> So yeah, yes. I mean it's it's not a feminist film, is it? And yeah, the aunt is obviously a maniac and a villain and a child yeah. abuser essentially. Yeah. Um Yeah, so in terms of like queer representation, um this is I I don't know where to start with this film. Yeah. Um the I think it's I, as I said earlier, I think it's weird that it seems like the source of her trauma is the fact that her dad was gay, not the fact that her dad and her sister were very brutally killed in front of her eyes. Yeah. And I th- I feel like, um, yeah. And I mean, in terms of like, I mean, I guess the interesting thing is, yes, she has been forced to live as a girl, but she does seem genuinely attracted to, to Paul. So either yeah. way, regardless of what her gender identity is, um, she is attracted to men, it would seem. Yeah. Although also she is a bit fixated on Judy and a big tits at the beginning as well. Well, it's obviously um, well, she obviously wants to. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of it's meant to assume that she wants to have breasts and she can't yeah. have them essentially. Um, well, not naturally, but yeah. Um, the yeah, it's, it's. I think I think like just to focus on. I don't know. It's been deemed homophobic this film, and I I like as well as transphobic. And I, it's sort of like the, I guess the fact that, I don't know, what, why? Is it, is it just because it sort of insinuated that having same-sex parents messes you up? It's not that implicit, though, or explicit. Especially since it's the straight aunt, or presumably the straight aunt who's kind of ruined her life. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's sort of like, there's no, and it's sort of really weird. Like, it's like, what, what is the point of this uh, scene? It's like, because really, I mean, it's kind of, representation that wouldn't otherwise exist in a film like this but 
Like, I don't know whether But it's not good. good it's not. Why not, though? How is it good representation? Well, they're just, like, incidentally, like, like a couple of dads. Uh, but it's being used as a, as a flashback to represent where her kind of trauma, trauma of being touched by a man is coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think this is an awful film, like a really problematic yeah. film from a queer, well, from all perspectives. But um, yeah. the uh, because as well, being raised wearing women's clothes and living as a woman against your will does not a trans person make. <laughs> so she isn't a trans character that we know of. Yeah, she's a boy that's been forced to live as a girl. Yeah. Um, so. Which is really a damaging representation of portrayal of a person whose uh, body might not match what your mm. understanding of how they look is. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, interesting actually because saying that, um, I found a couple of articles uh, that were written recently. Um, uh, one of them, I think, by just by a partner of a trans person, and then a subsequent one by an actual trans woman. Um, and uh, the first article was uh, on Dread Central, which is like a horror website. Um, and, uh, the writer, I think it's a she, it's, uh, the name is BJ, um, uh, um, uh, it's just like, um, is Seaboy Camp a homophobic and transphobic movie? Yeah, pretty much. It perpetuates the idea that you deserve to be punished for being gay and that all trans women are just men in disguise. Um, uh, cut to, uh, Seaboy Camp is terrible transsexualization, yes. Um, but it's an incredible metaphor about how forcing gender roles onto someone that doesn't align with them um, can be really dangerous, um, which I thought uh. was interesting. Um, the the next article by uh, Angela Baker on Medium said, um, from where I sit, she is the unseen anti-hero, um, doling out cathartic trans justice. Apart uh, from the kids. I know. Apart from the yeah, kids. Yeah, I think she's glossed over that. <laughs> um, Angela only kills people who hurt her, except for the kids. Um, and while I can't say I want to go around casually a killing, uh, this is a very cathartic thing to, for me to see as a trans woman. Um, but a lot of her articles so sort of uh, mirrors some of the yeah some of the sentiment um, that BJ has in their article. Um, but yeah, it's a yeah interesting. Um, I. Yeah, it's sort of like, I guess, especially at sort of this time, uh, with all the kind of like turfy rhetoric, it's kind of interesting that seeing it portrayed the other way where someone's being forced to, um, transition essentially. But the thing is will. that, that is the turfy rhetoric because they think that young trans people are being forced. No, but <clears> basically, <throat> but in this case, what I mean is it's sort of the opposite inside out version of it because what it's showing what damage it's done to this young person. Um, but that's what TERFs think is happening there. That's the point. So it's not really that inside out because TERFs think that young people are being forced to transition, that young trans people are being forced to transition. And in this case, someone is. Oh, no, you but mean young in... cis people are being forced to transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said trans people are forced to transition. Um, well, they think that trans people are cis people who've been forced to transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this film is the TERF narrative, personally. yeah. It's strange as well, though, because on its own, without the the subsequent films, which obviously I mentioned before, she actually does transition in the subsequent films, which is, I mean, it's still problematic because you just don't know if she knows herself because of how, like, her upbringing and how she was forced. Is she played by cis women in the late? Yeah, 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 always. It's, yeah, it's sort of an unusual narrative, and... It was strange, actually, because they were saying, like, one of the articles was saying that, um that actually is quite a kind of like um, common thing for murderers uh, 
uh, growing up that they were forced to uh, cross-dress by their mothers. Um, and actually, I did Google it, and there are, like, a few examples. I didn't Google it too much because I didn't want to know. <laughs> um, but it's just, like, I think in that, those cases, it's something about the kind of, like, the mother emasculating the man and them wanting to seek revenge on mm. women, essentially. It's, it's interesting if you think about it in terms of, like, if that is true, and I don't know if it is, but if it's true that cis people who are forced... Well, cis men who are forced by their parents to cross-dress are more likely to be kind of murderous, then... Think about all of us poor trans people who are forced to be, uh, to, to, to kind of be raised in a, in a gender that we're not. That's kind of the um, roundabout way I think I was trying to say about what happened to Angela, but you were right, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, um, the, yeah, so I mean, it's not great for queer representation, no. is it? <laughs> um, yeah, it's strange because, I mean, there's no way this will be made now, but, um, it's just, I guess, like, I just don't think it, I don't know. Like, Yeah, if it was made now, it should just be like a, a turf going around checking everyone's genitals <laughs> in the toilets or something. You're allowed in here. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Called sleepaway cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> But I also, it's it's sort of weird because it does have a place in my heart. I do kind of enjoy it. And um, I I, I don't, I kind of like, I think knowing that Angela is trans from, or, you know, cross-dresser from the beginning, for me, makes it kind of exciting that she is this kind of, I mean, it's obviously not empowerment to go around murdering people, but um, the fact that she is sort of in control and taking control of her situation um, and she's not I just wish she didn't feeble. kill the kids though yeah. like that's the bit that just really threw me because yeah, um, yeah. it was like come on they're just having a little snooze like they're little babies <laughs> um, yeah I mean I guess it's interesting to think about the kind of parallels in other horror films and the one that comes to mind most obviously is uh, Norman Bates yeah but he is choosing to dress up as his mother and that's about like kind of mother issues yeah I, I feel like that has less of a an obvious kind of trans narrative in a way. But also, one of the... um, I can't remember which one it was because it's been 716, (laughs) but one of the the insidiouses or the conjuring has... You know, like, they have the, like, bride all in black. Oh, yeah. And then there's, like, a a scene where, where you find the origin story and that is a man... Dressed up as this bride. Oh, Can you remember that? <clears throat> I didn't remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fleeting. It doesn't like. Uh, it just obviously doesn't explain anything because it's just. I mean, I've worn a dress. I'm not murdering anyone, oh, um, murdering or haunting anyone for that matter. <laughs> um, well, maybe. We're well, not am. dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, there's also there's another film actually. It, it's called The House. Uh, it's oh, like yeah. the house on the corner, the old house on the corner, or something. And it's a scary. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's quite recent actually. That'll be like the two thousands, and the reveal there is that the young boy. Oh, I can't remember which way around it, but it's I got mean, it's got like a trans twist at the end. Yeah, like um, I've heard it said that um, like the murderous trans woman is a trope. Um, but I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any examples. I think there was like a Silent Witness on BBC that had that. Mm. Um, there's obviously also Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know enough about it to see if it's a trope or not. 
I mean, I guess it's part of a wider trope, which is the kind of portrayal as like, uh, kind of, especially kind of trans women, I guess, and like, yeah. or like effeminate men, the kind of relations between kind of like campness and effeminacy in men, and by extension, I guess, in the trope, trans women, yeah, being kind of a villain, an evil, kind of like something kind of underhand, not man enough, like kind of yeah. uh, devious and... So I guess that's part of a wider trope. Yeah, and I guess that's you're right. Like, um, it quite often, obviously, we see this with, like, a lot of things. So, like, the queer-coded person is always the villain or the murderer. Yeah. But also, um, part of me likes that. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I wish we lived in a world where that wasn't the only portrayal. But, like, yeah, I like to see, like... Like, I'm thinking about someone like... Uh, the character of Powerpuff Girls. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I love him. Though. Like, I love that he's the evil one. Yeah. Like, because he's also, like, iconic and fabulous. And, like, yeah. and the baddies are always the most interesting That's characters. True. So, but, I mean, obviously, if if it's saying that the reason that that person is bad is because they are trans or because they're effeminate, that's wrong. But yeah. I still want to see villains that are like us. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think that's right. Um, I think, I guess in a way it would be nice just to have, like, anti-hero type I don't know yeah it's, it's, which she so nearly almost is yeah, and it's, that's if, the frustrating she, thing yeah if she hadn't randomly killed those but I'm now yeah I think they must have put that random killing of three boys in so that she wasn't at all sympathetic essentially yeah you're probably right um, and to make her as monstrous as a, a, at the time as a, a woman with a penis yeah. was meant to be I guess um, the other thing is like you saying that you, it still has a place in your heart like we are still allowed to enjoy these films um, like it, it it's of its time, and its time was very transphobic. Yes, and like, <laughs> like it, it, I, 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 I didn't like it, yeah. but I also found it extremely watchable because I like the genre. I like that kind of vibe of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's so close to being a film that I would really love. Yeah, um, it's just that I find it really too problematic to enjoy. Yeah. Um, um, but but I also think it doesn't stand up to things like Nightmare on Elm Street because the script is shit. Yeah. The acting is appalling for the most part. Don't say that. He, he, he dedicated it to his mother. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, well, he you. obviously hates his mother. <laughs> um, um, the, um, maybe this is his revenge because his mum made him dress up as All a girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you like this film, mummy? <laughs> you stinking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so awards da 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 the bloody mary awards <laughs> okay so our favourite minor character uh, mine was the little tiny snake that comes out of his mouth <laughs> <laughs> and mine was the tiny little bee that comes out of his wound <laughs> <laughs> Alex <laughs> um, so for spookiest moment it's not a scary film. Um, we've yet to do a scary film, actually. Um, we, uh, I, I do think that, and obviously I hate that this is the scariest part, but the reveal at the end, there is something really jarring and weird about it, especially now that we know that it's actually just a man wearing a mask yeah. of her. But it's this idea that she's got a completely frozen, because it's a mask, yeah. uh, like, scream... And it's the way she's standing, it's the way it's shot, and the, the kind of, the weird, like, uh, kind I of noise. I think actually, even without a penis, it would have been, a, that would have been the spookiest moment. Like, yeah, for sure. Just, it, like, it's her the... standing naked with that screaming face. And yeah. animal noise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was the, the spookiest bit. 
Yeah. Um, funniest bit? Funniest bit for me was when uh, they were playing that long extended baseball game that went on for half an hour. <laughs> um, and uh, he says, eat shit and die. And then he, the, uh, Ricky replies, eat shit and live, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> what does it even mean? <laughs> Just eat shit, yeah. I'm e- live, eating, live. shitting and living, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Um, I thought the funniest bit was the uh, was the hysterical girl on the water ski at the beginning, and they were just like, "She looks like she's having so much fun," and then it went, it showed you her, and she was like, "Let me get off!" Best death. Um, I think because it's just so preposterous, the 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 wicked shit and plus beehive death um, is uh, yeah maybe my favorite yeah I think I was sad uh, for a slasher I do I do like to watch some gruesome deaths <laughs> and although the aftermaths were very good yeah. and much better than the actual deaths themselves I did find them all quite disappointing so controversially I'm going to say my favorite one was when Mel got a arrow through his neck oh. just because it happened very quickly <laughs> so very humane yeah it was oh, yes it was very humane um no suffering anymore for no, no, no elaborate snakes or bees <laughs> uh what do you think the worst death was i mean they were all pretty bad um i think meg in the shower was just so boring almost like a boring death yeah i think uh i think was, was his name kenny i think I, I wrote down kenny the guy who was drowned under the canoe oh, right, yeah. like that was just a bit bleh. like i really yeah. like the shot of his, his body his afterwards body was cool, but... but the actual death itself just like holding someone's head under the water just doesn't scream like slasher for me no, I, I want something more prolonged and gruesome <laughs> yeah um what do you think was the queerest moment? I mean, obviously it's sort of strange with this film, but um, the two dads in bed together are obviously just sort of caressing each other gently. Yeah, I think I've kind of talked myself into thinking that the queerest aspect of it is the fact that regardless of whether she's a woman, whether she or a girl, or whether she's a boy, she is still very attracted to, uh, uh, to Paul initially, it would seem. Um, so I think her... Her attraction to men is maybe the queerest thing. Yeah. Um, sexiest character. I'm interested in who you put. Um, <laughs> I, I put, like, the hunky kind of, like, tanned counsellor who has the crop top on the baseball field. Who's like... <clears throat> yes, I think I might have said the same one, but he had such a forgettable face. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, was he the one that was wearing the little orange shorts who saved Angela when she was thrown in the lake? Yes. So him, but then I, I noted a second one, which is when the policeman turns up with that weird oh, fake, fake moustache. moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from his weird kind of very square looking fake moustache, I think he was maybe the sexiest character. Yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's a blooper or a goof as they call him, the fake moustache, because he had one in the middle and then he cut it off and so they had to stick with Oh, is that really what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. it's actually, it, is, it is a fake one. I mean, obviously it's a fake one, but, um, but they thought it would be realistic enough to do a square. I think it would have been just as realistic to be like, well, it's been a while since he was here. He's shaved. It's been either a week. A yeah, day, exactly. We don't know how much time since. he's now. He's now got grey <laughs> and is over frame, uh, but he still has that moustache. <laughs> um, so well done to all of the winners. Yes. So out of a possible five pumpkins, <laughs> five being amazing, yeah. what zero being awful? Well, how many pumpkins do you give Sleepaway Camp? I mean. In good faith, I can't give this many good pumpkins, but um, 
so it has a really like I love it like it really just like I, I, it's stupid that I do enjoy this sort of like trans representation as problematic as it is um and so uh well, it's because we're so starved of it in horror that even if it's bad we're just like great fine this will do this will do i'm gonna get angela on a t-shirt i love her so realistically uh, thinking with my head and not my heart um i'm gonna go with three how many that's still quite high yeah how, how many heart pumpkins would you give it more than a, three a out of five heart <laughs> would you give it more than three out of five I, it just makes me feel happy. I don't know why. I just enjoy it. I just love seeing Angela and just, like, knowing she's trans and just, like, her existing. It's just, like, makes me happy. Yeah. And her romance and stuff. And, like, the fact that, no, well, I don't know, that she just seems to be having a normal life Well, I Does mean, she? Aside, I mean, in the, in the I feel like we've watched it. <laughs> murders and the forced cross-dressing <laughs> as a child and, a and if the film is then one minute long <laughs> I'm just having her romance with Paul um, yeah. um, I, I will give it one and a half pumpkins what? You um, have to give it more. I have to give it exactly how many I want to. You wow. can't force anyone to do anything. That's what. Haven't you learned anything from this? <laughs> Don't murder me. <laughs> <laughs> With bees. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's very, very watchable. Um, it looks cool. Mm. But I think the script is shit. I think the acting is shit. I think there are too yeah. many. Uh, the, the plot is just messy. The death's a, a bit boring. And the reveal is fucking awful. <laughs> yes. So yeah, a, a, a very generous one and a half pumpkin out of five for me. Yeah, um, thank you. It's time for the spoopy bit. <clears throat> so, uh, in the spirit of uh, uh, cross-dressing people being evil, yes, uh, as we've established. I want to tell you the story of the woman in black, the, the not the Susan Hill woman in black, okay. a different woman in black. Right. Um, I found this story on DangerousMinds.net, um, and it is a true story. Wow. So it's set in a place called Kerry Revel in Somerset, and it there was a ghost in that uh, village, or whatever it is, uh, that was regularly seen, and she was a Victorian woman in a Victorian frock with a big black floppy-brimmed hat, a dark coat, stocking, and high heels, um, and she had a veil over her face. And it was said that if you looked into her eyes, uh, you would be struck dead where you stood. Um, And then other people said that if she was seen three times in one day or night, then it meant that someone would die. Uh, One night in the King William pub... um, Love that place. I love it. Um, There was a drunk patron... Um, who was also the postman of the village, and he claimed drunk to... and a postman. Uh, can you believe it? <laughs> um, and he claimed to have seen the figure in broad daylight. Um, everyone in the pub was laughing; they thought he was just being drunk and stupid. But he also announced that not only had he seen the ghost, but he knew who it was. No. Yes. Uh, um, and he then went on to reveal that the ghost was actually. The local vicar, <gasps> Reverend Alfred Harold Reed. Um, <gasps> plot twist. Plot twist. They all thought he was just doing like a drunken bit, had some lols, and then he and a friend uh, left the pub to cycle home, and they came across the haunting spectre that very eve. Came all across it. Came all at that very eve. Yeah, oh no. um, <laughs> 
Um, they asked her to reveal her true identity and she just kept walking. She didn't speak. But then one of them shone their torch in her face and revealed that it was indeed the Reverend. Um, the next day, one of them went to, and being a very small village, this news travelled very quickly. Mm. One of them went to speak to the Reverend. And the Reverend said, I'm very sorry if I startled you yesterday. And they were like, well, we just really want to know what's going on. And they said, are you a transvestite? And he said, oh, God, no. Um, and heaven he, for Heaven for fen. And he was, uh, he claimed that it was just uh, something that he'd been doing for research because he thought that there'd been a decline in the kind of moral fabric of the community. And he'd heard that women felt very unsafe uh, walking on their own um, and wanted to test this hypothesis. Um, and he uh, he then invited uh, the whole community, the whole parish, uh, to come to a meeting about why and where he would explain his uh, his behaviour. His, his idea yeah. behind the nonsense. <laughs> yes. And he said that he had done it because he wanted to test whether or not it was dangerous for a woman to be out alone. And he found that men were very respectful, uh, that he encountered no problems whatsoever. And he came away from the research feeling more proud of men than ever before. Oh, um, man. He, <laughs> he did also mention that it may have been that he wasn't seen as an attractive woman. Not so sexy. Um, but also, he, this was in That's the 1920s. scary. <laughs> yeah. This is in the 1920s. And he was wearing, like, Victorian morning dress. Mm. So I'm not sure that was necessarily... not. That sounds a bit victim-blaming. That not, it's not ah! necessarily a very alluring uh, yeah, outfit. wasn't um, asking for as much as but... he could have. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he would have just looked like a ghost. Um, yes. So maybe men are less likely to approach ghosts. Well, alone. especially if you think you see her three times and you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. be like, hey, baby. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure his research methods stand up to uh, kind of rigorous scrutiny. Sure. There was a... Um, interestingly enough, after this, the woman in black was never seen again. But um, <laughs> there was a newspaper article at the time, a very short one, that said... Um, the uh, headline was Pastor dresses as girl acts as spy on church members and it reads Reverend Alfred Harold Reed has received a severe reprimand for the method he has used to spy on male members of his church <laughs> male members <laughs> lol um, to learn what their attitude would be towards girls they met at night he dressed as a stylish young woman oh. and sallied forth at night sallied forth. that should be his drag name <laughs> My name is Sally DeFore. <laughs> um, after he had been investigating for several weeks, the trustees of the church had him cited before the Somerset Congregation Union. He promised to stick to preaching. Um, yeah, that's probably why he should have been doing this job. Yes, yeah. but uh, so I found another article and it was talking about research more broadly about how um, uh, kind of about men dressing in Victorian uh, morning dress, as in women's morning dress. Not um, AM dress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, in order to disguise crimes. Oh, um, crimes. But I was thinking, interestingly, I guess just, although it was a disguise for a crime, it was also a crime in itself in the early 20s oh, yeah, to be seen in public illegal. dressed as... Uh, a member of the opposite sex. Naughty. So I guess they were criminals, whether or not they were Double intending criminals. on doing anything criminal or not. Wow. Um, so that's my spoopy, silly story. Thank you. I'm <laughs> chilled to the bone. <laughs> if you're enjoying Bloody Marys, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. Yeah.